Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. Again, we are continuing our series on the book of Colossians from an apologetic perspective. Uh, We've been doing a survey of the book of Colossians from an apologetic perspective. And from the beginning, we talked about the overarching theme of the uh, letter of Colossians, which deals with uh, the supremacy of Jesus Christ, who is the head of the church the supremacy of Jesus Christ, who is the head of the church. And in uh, essence, that's who Christ is. He is uh, the bridegroom who one day will come back for the bride, which is symbolic of the church. There will be a reunification. Uh, There'll be a great uh, wedding banquet where uh, we will be reunited with our Savior and um, we, we will experience the uh, the divineness and the, uh, the, the essence of being in his presence. So we look forward to that day. But it's, as a cautionary tale, uh, it's important that we don't become so religious that we allow ourselves um, a, a diminished experience with our Savior. Let me explain. In many ways, they are those who profess to be Christians. They are holy on Sundays, but unholy uh, Sunday night through Saturday. This is not the type of experience that God wants us to have. I'm not living just to go to heaven. I want a piece of heaven right here on earth. And that's what God wants us to have. He wants us to experience him in an intimate and holy way right now in your surroundings, at home, in the community, all the way to the church, back home. So our holiness should not be restricted to a church building. If you are uh, saved or if you are a Christian at church, we ought to exemplify the same conduct at home, in the community, on vacation, at the board meeting, wherever you are, your holiness must be exemplified, not just on Sunday mornings. So this is the charge. This is the goal. Christ is supreme. So whether you have passions that paralyze you, Paul wants to remind us uh, from a perspective sense that Jesus is supreme. If you've been abandoned, he wants, he's reminding you that Jesus is supreme. He's a comforter. Uh, he's the one that can uh, reassure us. If, um, if, if you've been disappointed, Jesus will never disappoint you. He is supreme. If you have health challenges, Because he's the architect, he's the one holding everything together, Jesus can meet your needs. 
If he doesn't heal you physically, he'll give you the emotional state to endure. Jesus is supreme. Then, if you're scared of dying, Jesus reassures us that he has defeated death. So, whatever it is that we need, Jesus encompasses all that. He's supreme. He along with the Father, he along with the Holy Ghost. They were all there in the beginning in fashioning this reality that we live. He's the alpha, the beginning. He's the end. So whatever we need, Jesus is all sufficient. And we should not allow the finitude of life to paralyze us. So we're moving from chapter one, where Paul uh, at the end deals with the mystery about how God was presenting the Messiah through the annals of history. And now we're slipping into chapter 2, verses 1 through 23, where Paul is conflicted, and he's concerned for both the Christians, not just in Colossae, but also in Laodicea. He readily admits that he has not seen them face to face. And this verse, in verse 1, further substantiates the argument uh, for Epaphras being the one who helped to establish the church in Colossae. So Paul's conflict involves uh, several issues at the church in Colossae, which could hinder their spiritual growth. There are things that could hinder our spiritual growth, and Paul is dealing with that in the first century. Paul wanted them to be knitted together in love. Knitted together in love. And this illustration reminds me of um, Saul, uh, uh, Jonathan and David and, and how close they were. And the Old Testament uh, basically says the same thing. They were knitted together in terms of their relationship and, and their closeness. So when you're knitted together, that's really close. Uh, this verse further buttressed the argument for Epaphras being the one uh, who helped again, to set up the church in Colossae. It is the same type of love in terms of them being it together. This is Paul's desire uh, that he speaks of in his letter to the Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which many people call the love chapter. So practicing this kind of love will allow our hearts to be comforted and experience the full assurance of understanding Uh, which will lead us to an acknowledgement of the mystery associated with the Godhead. Verse 2. So us being knitted together in love as parishioners, us being knitted together in love as lay people, uh, as leaders, as a church, as an ecclesia, is in essence reflecting the love found within the Godhead, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. That's what Paul is trying to convey. So it, it would allow our hearts to be comforted by practicing this kind of love, as well as this, the, the mysteries. Uh, the book of Colossians, Paul really emphasized uh, this, the, the things dealing with the mysteries, things that uh, human minds cannot readily understand. They may apprehend it, but they can't comprehend it. Uh, the, the mysteries our knowledge that belong to God alone. And, and as he uh, desires to illuminate our minds, he'll reveal certain things to us. 
and some things we can understand, and some things uh, belong under the category of mysteries. Uh, the Trinity, in terms of how we have one God, three persons, is a mystery. No human being will ever be able to unscramble or to fully uh, apprehend how that works. So uh, the, 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 the Trinity is categorized as a mystery. Uh, as we go along, uh, Paul is laying the foundation for his argument against false theological teachings. It's a common theme. Um, what we put inside of us will eventually come outside. And our thinking is shaped, or our, or our actions are shaped by our thinking, thus uh, influencing a pattern of behavior that we all adopt. So uh, Paul puts it, puts it this way in Romans. Uh, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And it's true. Um, what you put in your mind influences your behavior. So if you um, feed your mind things that are not true, then that's going to come out. That's, that's going to uh, form a theology that is not rooted in sound doctrine. Uh, again, uh, the same thing with movements such as the Jehovah Witnesses, it, uh, such as Mormonism, um, such as David Koresh and, and the uh, Branch Davidians. Same thing. If you keep uh, incorporating false theology into your theological system, it'll eventually come out. And so Paul uh, teaches us often about not embracing false theology. Uh, you can read Galatians, the first chapter, uh, which Paul uh, sums up very clearly in terms of false theology. So Paul is warning them about uh, heresy, and then he talks about this heresy leading to deception. And that's what happens. Sometimes uh, we watch some of these televangelists, and depending on what they're talking about, they could be off. They, and when I say off, they could be uh, theologically unsound. And if we're not uh, rooted in sound doctrine, we might find ourselves listening and adopting what they're saying, which is contrary to the will of God. And whatever is contrary to the will of God will not be accepted. doesn't matter how sincere you are. doesn't matter how, much time, how many times uh, you mean well. If it's against the will of God, that type of offering will not be accepted. So uh, the devil is very good at using individuals. Doesn't matter what titles they have in front of their name. Doesn't matter how many followers they have. The devil is very astute at using individuals to lead us further away from God. And we, and, and, uh, we think we're, uh, we're close to God, but that's the devil, devil deceiving us. So if you are perpetuating false doctrine, that's taking you further away from communion with the real God. Because God cannot deny himself, and God will not tolerate falsehood. This is why we study. This is why we read the Bible. This is why we pray. This is why we put love into action so that we will not be deceived. And if we're not careful, the very elect will be deceived. And that's what uh, Scripture reminds us of. So chapter 2, 
this is what Paul is talking about is this uh, this warning against uh, compromising their theology. Then he talks about enticing words, uh, which signifies language which may sound eloquent, but are spiritually destructive. False teachers know how to mix a bit of truth with lies. This dangerous, uh, dangerous spiritual mix will ultimately lead to pain. When you read the documentaries about survivors of the Branch Davidians, when you hear the testimonies from survivors of Jim Jones and their experience in Guyana, when you hear the testimonies, it should affect you, and it should remind us that it was them this time, but if we're not careful, we could be led astray by men and women who sound like they're telling the truth. So just because someone is eloquent doesn't necessarily mean they're telling the truth. How do we determine if someone is telling the truth? Well, the Bible gives us a prescription. We test the spirit by the spirit. You take what they say, uh, improper hermeneutic um, rules, and you test it by the word of God. Is it true? Is it biblical? These are things that all Christians must do. If not, you could be led astray. So, again, Paul's warning to the Colossian church is consistent with the rest of Scripture. Um, let's look at Psalms 12, 2 and 3. They speak vanity, everyone with his neighbor, with flattering lips and with a double heart do they speak. The Lord shall cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaketh proud things. So this whole thing of being eloquent is good in one sense, but it's dangerous in another sense. Um, people that run for public office, as an example, many of them are eloquent, uh, but behind their flattery words uh, lays mischief, lays deception. Uh, not all of them, but many of them. So we need to be careful. And inside the church, same thing. Uh, just because someone is eloquent, just because someone knows um, or can memorize a, a whole bunch of verses, just because someone um, has a minister, a reverend, or a pastor in front of their names doesn't mean necessarily that that one individual is telling the truth about that specific text. So uh, we ought to do like the Bereans and to compare uh, what we say with the Scriptures. Uh, I even, when I'm teaching classes, I encourage my students to go back and investigate and to compare what I'm saying with the scriptures. And that's uh, an, another uh, point of contention that I would like to uh, just spend a, a moment with. One of the things about false teachers, or, or patterns rather, is many of them would like you to believe that they've come up with a new doctrine, uh, that they've uh, come up with something so illuminating that no other theologian has come up with before. And this is a, 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 should be an alert to all of us that this person is, is probably uh, dangerous in terms of uh, sound doctrine. Uh, they, 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 they should be, um, they, sh- they should be 
looked at. And you should have a warning inside of you uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit that this individual is probably not offering sound doctrine. Here's why. God gives us um, things that takes the blinds off our eyes. As we, as we read the scriptures, we learn new things. As, as, as we uh, study the scriptures, uh, our, our, our minds uh, become awakened. And as we read the scriptures, we learn things that we never learned before. But that's the point. We learn things we have never learned before, but has always been there. And sometimes, uh, based on what we're going through, and based on where we we are intellectually, we miss some things. But that doesn't mean the truth wasn't always there. The truth has always been there. The Bible has been canonized. So there's no new truth coming. So we need to be careful of men or women who stand up uh, alleging that God has called them to teach this specific uh, uh, principle, but yet they're talking about some new truth. No, it's not a new truth. Now, uh, it may be new to you, but if it's new to you, it doesn't mean that it just that the, the truth just came uh, uh, um, all of a sudden. So we must be careful. What is true have been settled a long time ago. Now, uh, God wants us to learn about the truths that, that have already been deposited here. So be careful when we read books or we listen to messages where someone has gotten a new revelation and, and that revelation uh, is not consistent with the rest of Scripture. That's the key. Make sure that whatever uh, someone claims is revelation can be in union with scripture. If it's in union with scripture, praise God. That is, that is a sound Bible teacher or uh, or preacher. But if it's inconsistent, then we need to be careful. Uh, we, we, we need to uh, not adopt those doctrines because false doctrines hurt people. But sound doctrine help people. False doctrine hurt people. But sound doctrine help people. You should walk by sound doctrine. Uh, You should pray uh, sound doctrine. You should evangelize in sound doctrine. So sound doctrine is what God wants from us. For there is no faithfulness in their mouth, Psalm 5 and 9, as it relates to uh, people with eloquence. Their inward part is very wicked. Their throat is an open sepulcher. They flatter with their tongue. So this is reality, right? Oftentimes, uh, we talk about certain salespeople and how they have the gift of gab and uh, how they can sell anything. But you have some salespeople that are dishonest, uh, that engage in usury, uh, taking advantage of their customers. So just because someone sounds good doesn't necessarily mean that they should be trusted. Doesn't necessarily mean that they're telling the truth just because someone is eloquent. Then look at Psalms 55, 20 and 21. He had put forth his hand against such as be at peace with him. He had broken his covenant. The words of his mouth were smoother than butter, but war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet 
where they drawn swords. So again, in one sense, it sounds uh, engaging, loving, trustworthy. But behind all of that flattery, there's uh, malice. Behind all of the smooth talking, there's deception. So be careful. Just because someone is a good preacher, per se, doesn't necessarily mean he or she is telling the truth or what they're saying is in harmony with the rest of Scripture. So test the Spirit by the Spirit. Make sure that you're reading your Word. Make sure that you're studying the Bible. Make sure that you're praying. Make sure that you're putting uh, what you read into action. All of these steps are important if we're going to uh, walk faithfully in the statutes of God. So the devil places people in our path uh, who sound like they're telling the truth, but sometimes they're not. Okay? So that, that's very important. Uh, Psalm 62 and 4, they only consult to cast him down from his excellency. They delight in lies. They bless with their mouth, but they curse inwardly. And we have many people like that around us, unfortunately. So be careful. Uh, some books uh, that I've seen in Christian bookstores should not be there because the author uh, has a lot of heretical teachings. So why are they in the Christian bookstores? Okay, so we, we, we have to watch out for our own souls. If the Christian bookstores are not going to do it, then we have to be careful to make sure that we're not uh, picking up theologies that are unsound. Now, uh, we learn from this passage in chapter 2 that Paul was not physically with them. However, he would, he, he would like the Colossian church to remain steadfast in their faith. Amen. To remain steadfast in your faith. There's so much things going on in this world today. It's important that you remain steadfast in your faith. Our government structure is in chaos. Our civic structure is in chaos. And in many cases, um, our spiritual structure is in chaos. We have ministers that are acquiescing to the will of the people when God's word has said, lean not unto thine own understanding in all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct thy path. So we need to be careful that we uh, allow the chief shepherd to govern our soul and not follow necessarily what the world is doing. We are to be the lights, not the other way around. Uh, we have the truth, and no one else has the truth outside of Christ. So we are ambassadors. We are reporters. We must share the truth in love. Uh, we must let the people know that God has a better way. If we are to be truthful, uh, the way that this country is going, uh, it's not getting any better. But the only way this country will get better if we turn our face back to Jesus Christ. Well, our time has come, and uh, we thank you all for listening. And as always, um, please continue to pray for us. And for those that would like to give, we do need your support. Uh, you can go online to srministries.org, www.srministries.org, or you can send your love offering uh, by mail, P.O. Box 582-306, El Grove, California, 95758. Again, we pray God's blessings upon all of you and your loved ones and even those that we don't know. And remember, 
to continue to do for the truth what so many people do for a lie. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. No matter what you're going through, you are not alone. Sis, if you've experienced pain in your father-daughter relationship, I want you to know that you are loved and seen. I'm Kia Stevens, host of the Hope for Women with Father Wounds podcast, and I created my show to help you exchange your father wounds for the love of God the Father. Join me for encouragement, wisdom, and scripture. Just search Hope for Women with Father Wounds on lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcast.